sometimes I'm like, oh, the world sees me as this. But like, oh no, if they knew how I how I was with Alexa, like that'd be scary, you know? It doesn't meet the story. And that is true sometimes. Like one in 30 times, I'm really ungracious with her. And like you said, what about the 29 other ones, right? Mm-hmm. And what if in those moments I tuned into like, just again, that story of, well, what if people saw this, right? And it's not about what people are seeing. It's that, are we like running a narrative that we are good or that we are bad? Welcome everybody to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Generosity, Contemplating How We Show Up in Our Relationships. And I have another conversation with a friend of mine and neighbor, Thomas Duchin. Thomas and I did a podcast that aired back on December 10th called The Relationship of Business Through the Lens of Giving. You got to check that out. That was a very, very good conversation. And in today's episode... Thomas caught me a little bit by surprise. He said, I have something that I want to talk about, but I'd rather just spring it on you when we get into the studio. And he was vulnerable enough to talk about how there are times that he is aware of how much he gives to other people, how much he gives at work, how much he gives to other people in his life. And sometimes the challenge of bringing that level of giving into his relationship with his significant other partner, Alexa. He talks about sometimes that she doesn't really get the best of him in that generosity department. And we have a great conversation about the reality of that. So let me tell you a little bit about Thomas for those of you that didn't listen to the past podcast with us. Thomas is a co-creator and the CEO of Daymaker. Daymaker helps employees connect deeper with their community, their team, and themselves through the intentional acts of giving and service. And Thomas is a believer in the story of love and our interconnectedness as humans. It's these beliefs that led him to create a company premised upon people's inherent goodness and their call to realize it fully. And for Thomas, Daymaker is a great teacher and mirror as he discovers for himself what it means to give and receive. And therefore, no wonder why this is a contemplation for Thomas, because he is very much focused on all aspects of giving and receiving in his life. I like to offer a pondering for you all out there to just see if you're checking yourself of how generous you are to your partner and to people that are close to you in your life, your family, your kids, the people outside of your work relationships, to ponder how well you are at being generous and really giving. And if you're not, are you overly critical about that? If you do want to change that and bring that that up, what are you doing intentionally to do that? And you know that saying that we usually give the best of ourselves to the people in our outer circle, like at work 
or our friends. And we usually give the worst of ourselves to our inner circle, like our partner, kids, and parents. It's not an easy one to balance that. But there are some things that we can do to bring that to our attention, you know, especially in the transitional phases in the transitional times of when, let's say, we leave work to when we're coming home. That's a big transitional time to be able to leave the experience or the stresses or the interactions that we have at work and know that we're transitioning to people that we really deeply love and care about. How do we want to show up? And in the conversations with Thomas, I talk about some of my experience of things that I do and the challenges of that. Even to give you a little sneak preview, one thing that I do is I have a long drive home, a commute of almost an hour. And sometimes during that drive, maybe the last, oh, 15, 20 minutes of that drive, I'll stop the car, I'll find a park, and I get out, and I just walk for about 10 minutes to just wash that experience of the day off to clear my mind, to empty my cup so I can get back in the car and when I get home, I'm more fully present. I know my wife, Rainbow, she does some things. She's really good about clearing her cup of toning and making sounds and singing. And for her, that's a way to empty her cup so that she can be more present with me and other people that are important to her. So I think it's important to do this self-assessment to really look at how generous of a person am I in my partnership and in my family? Am I being grumpy? Am I being judgmental? If I am most of the time, I think it's really good to look at some of the things that I can do to shift and change that around. And I know that uh, for myself, there are times I can be critical and Thomas and I talk about the critical part of ourselves that say, I'm not being generous. Gosh, there's so many times that I'm not being generous to my partner. But there are also many times that we're being very, very generous to our partner and our family. And are we giving that as much also attention? Self-compassion is a very key component to be able to have a good reality check on that assessment. I think it's also really important to check our expectations. I think a lot of us have expectations of our family and our partners that we may not give to other people. So we want them to maybe take care of us more, love us more, to give to us more than we want other people to do so. And we have to take a look at those expectations that we place on our partners and our family. I think we've got to look at things like benefit of doubt, patience. If we're cranking that up to other people in our life, but not our partner, I think that's a good also gauge to look at. And as Thomas and I talk about, this is a whole process. This is a journey for us to really understand about generosity and giving. And as we know, we are in partnership to be able to experiment in these areas, especially to expand and being able to love more and love is a arena for tolerance and there's a lot of space and openness. So that's also loving ourselves when we're not the people that we want to be. So I think it's a juicy conversation that we have around this. And before we get on to the episode, 
I do want to mention that this is the new year, 2020, and I want to keep bringing these episodes to you. And like I said before, it takes time and it takes dollars to do that. And so the amount to have this professionally produced for you is equivalent to a small mortgage payment. If you are inclined to support the podcast from a financial donation basis, you can go to my website, heartsharecounseling.com, click on support the podcast page, and you can leave a one-time donation or a recurring monthly donation. And any amount is greatly appreciated. So thank you, everybody. Alrighty, here we go. Generosity. Contemplating how we show up in our relationships. Let's talk about it. Let's have some fun part two. Yeah. So here's what I got for you, Prepo. We were, Mm -hmm. um, Prepo and I were downstairs and feeling into recording a second session. I was like, this is super alive, but I'm not going to tell you about it till we get up there because I want what's coming from your heart here. Yeah. So generosity, giving, gratitude, what we talk about every day with Daymaker, right? What we preach. And I've really watched myself become a more generous person by practicing it. You know, we say outwardly at Daymaker that generosity really is a muscle. And if you tie into the brain, parts of the brain, like the TPJ region, is thought to be responsible for generosity. And it's quite literally a muscle that needs building, right? It's built with no surprise, gratitude. So I say that because I think those muscles do build because we spent five years in this space of talking about generosity and practicing it. And I feel like a more generous person in my life and the money that I give and the time that I give. But somewhere where I struggle so deeply is in the context of my romantic relationship, you know? And I will come home from a day and my office is at home now, so leave the office door And I will be like, wow, I feel really good about how I related to others, you know, in terms of these themes that we talk about, generosity, graciousness, gratitude. And I get over to my partner, Alexa, and it's like I become the least grateful, the least generous, the least gracious person. And and I've watched this mirrored in some of my friends, my friends that are like really on their path and trying to become the best versions of themselves and um, just like letting the universe do its work and like throwing themselves at service, right? Just throwing themselves at it. And then they get home and like, it's lost, you know? And I can't figure out where is that coming from? Is it like the child who finally gets home and they're safe after a school day and so they just melt down? It has nothing to do with mom or dad, but they're just like need to have that meltdown or, yeah, I have all these hypotheses and all these stories. I thought there might be something here to explore. And then there's a lot of shame that comes in, you know? And then I tell myself, Holy, maybe that's all a facade out there, you know? Maybe I'm not actually generous. Maybe I'm fooling myself and others because the, the real Thomas is the Thomas with Alexa, you know? And it's interesting though, because the flip side of that is I think Alexa, my romantic relationship with Alexa is what taught me true generosity. Because at some point that wall came down between us that we were separate individuals and the love was so strong that I did care more for her existence than mine. You know, you have those Mm. glimpses where you're Mm. like, wow, I would do anything to enable her. 
And so when Alexa taught me that, like she is the reason that I, that I so strongly believe in generosity, right? So strongly believe in being in service to others, whether it be somebody who is in need of a backpack or your neighbor or your best friend, right? She became such an inspiration for that. Right, yeah. like that was the field that created that. Mm. And then I watched, I'm like, and shit, she gets the most ungenerous Thomas there is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're putting it out because that's a real vulnerable <laughs> you know, subject to really yeah. talk about, but it's really honest. And I think that it's pretty accurate because I can even relate to my own self. You know, I give such presence to people all day long and really give a big part of myself. And then I come home and do I have that to my wife all the time? Less at times than I would want to be. Yeah. So as we talked about the spiritual path, that relationship is a spiritual path, that shows up so much in that. You know, so I think part of that is it, that you said it is all of a sudden, you know, we put the guards down. I know I had a good friend that, a uh, very good friend that when he would come and visit us, he would be sick. Mm. Maybe four or five times in a row, he would come and he would get sick. And he just looked and said, you know what? I love that I could be sick here because I can all of a sudden just like put it all out and I don't have to hold it together. And I kind of know that you'll kind of hold that space. So I think that in some way, that's what we do is like, here's a part of me that needs love. The part that doesn't show up so well or give love. Can you love me for that part? And we unconsciously, we may want that proven. Oh, wow. You love me even when I'm not giving you so much love. Ah, you're, you're it. You're the right person or this relationship is right for me. So I think on some unconscious level, you know, we're doing that. I also think that there's not as much intention that we might do in other aspects of our relationships, like with work or so forth. I've told people before, hey, you know, when you get into your driveway after work and you turn off the car, don't just walk in the house. Take a minute, start really breathing and start thinking, okay, I'm gonna now see the people that I care so much about. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and put my day. This is this is more important than any phone call that I made, any meeting that I have. And now see yourself be in the moments of you walking in the door. The intention of, I see myself, how do I wanna be when I approach my wife? I actually see myself walking in and whatever energy that she has, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna be a loving and caring person in the moments of excited to see her, give her a warm hug of embrace, wanting to be in that in interaction and showing up. So I think intentionally that's really important as opposed to just coming in with, oh, I just kind of need to take my, my etherical clothes off and you're kind of getting not all of me. Because as we give so much outside, if it's true given, as we know, there's a lot of aliveness in that, right? And so it's not like draining, there's aliveness. But there's something that we don't have. We, I think, at least for me, I think, do I even have more to give in my relationship after I spent eight hours giving so much of myself? Well, yeah, I do. And it doesn't have to be in the form that I think the giving is. If I can really conjure up around aspects of really appreciating and I don't have to show up a certain way, but I am going to show up in intention, that shifts aspects of that. So much beauty there. On one thread, you talk about, if I can be my worst self and my partner loves me, 
then I'm lovable, right? That's right. And there's a rejection of self in there, you know? Like, can I love that part of me that comes home and isn't conscious, isn't aware, isn't gracious, right? Can I learn to love and accept that part of me? Because it is a part of me, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like showing up as you are, if that's how you're showing up, then it is true. And it probably will pass because it's not your innate wiring, but like, it's like the child that maybe needs to throw the tantrum. Like they drop their their ice cream cone and they're sad. Let them cry and it will pass, right? That's right. Don't teach them to regulate that because it's inappropriate. Like they're upset. Like mm-hmm. let, 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 let that come through and pass, right? So then it doesn't end up as suffering later. Like let the pain come through and then maybe the suffering doesn't have to come. So you come home and you're a banker and you had a really long day and you felt that uh, your day wasn't too congruent with your values. And I get, like, you're going to get in the car and you're going to be like, shoot, it's been a day. I just had to do a lot of pretending and now I got to come home and I can't be anything else, right? And that's an interesting thread in itself because really your partner is just asking you to be you. But then beyond that, if you did have a day of like, for you, you know, if you're centered, like you just, you really gave for those eight hours, you know? Yeah. And I'm guessing, and I don't know, I don't want to project onto you. I guess I ask, how do you feel most days leaving work, Right. Yeah, I am really look forward to coming home to what we've created in our relationship in our home because I know I'm really fortunate that I have a partner that really takes care of herself emotionally well. Like we'll walk down the road and she'll just blurt out, I love my life. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, I don't have to do shit. I don't have to try to make anything better. Like, like mm. I, I say it sometimes, it's a little blow it out of proportion, but in some way I can count almost on my hand the times that I've been around Rainbow where she's, you know, really has having really, really tough moments of not being able to access some beauty in her life. So it's wonderful to be able to to have that, like somebody else, like she is taking care. I don't have to create, I don't have to create happiness. I can top it off. I can really enhance it, but I don't have to, so I don't feel that burden. And so I don't walk in where I have an exhausted partner. Sure, there's times when that she is that way, but it's not a chronic thing for her. So that's one thing that's to to be able to trust that my partner is taking care of herself. So I really endorse her doing that. Like go for walks, honey. Don't, you know, go have tea with your friends. Go do these things that are really nurturing, not so much about what's going to bring home the buck. Honey, I don't want you to really hear all of that. Like, <laughs> if you want to bring home the bucks, like, baby, you could do that. But, but you know, in essence, is is having her just fulfill her sense of self is such a gift to our relationship. Two things that feel really alive. I'm going to say the second one: burden. In case I forget, so we come back. The first one is: How do you feel outside of Rainbow leaving Heartshare? Do you feel after you've given in a day? Are you typically like, oh, I feel aligned and alive? Or are you typically like? Whoosh, no, there's a lot of times where I think to myself, I feel lonely because I think there's no fucking way that anybody's ever going to understand what my day was. No way. You know, I transverse worlds in a day. All these different stories, all these different woundings and transformations, heartaches. And it's funny, sometimes, of course, confidentiality is so important to me. So I don't share with, with Rainbow the details of more of what somebody's experienced. I I tell her more about how that affected me, but I'll tell her a little bit about one session and she looks at me and like, oh my God, that's just so much. And I look at her and go, yeah, that was nine o'clock till 10 o'clock. I got six more to tell you about that, you know? And so there is this part afterwards that that I leave sometimes just going, holy shit. 
But then there's this feeling of honoring that it's, it's such an honor that people let me in that experience. And so there's a sweet sorrow in some way of that, in some way it drains, but it's also such an honor. So I know I got to really take care of myself. I mean, literally I, I pee after every session and it's not because I have to, but I go to try to purge a little bit of that energy, you know, and I do some little ritualistic things. So if I'm not taking care of myself in some way, especially my relationships, I'd be such a hypocrite. You know, if I'm telling people and guiding people in a certain way, there are many, there's been times where I, I think to myself, hey people, did you go, are you gonna go home and do the shit that you just told this person that would be really beneficial to do? Go do that. Mm -hmm. When I do do that, I feel so in line. Yeah. So, you know, that part is really important that, that my life is as aligned with what I'm showing up in my work. When it's incongruent like that, it's even more draining. Yeah, so that, that was exactly what I'm like speaking to is the incongruency, right? If you live a day that feels fully alive, I, if I think if I look back on my days where I felt more alive, I came back and I don't think I struggled with the generosity and the graciousness with Alexa. I think it's the days where I feel taxed, I don't feel aligned with self that I really struggle with those. Even more so when I'm talking about generosity and graciousness and don't mean it and then come home and need to practice it, right? right? Which I imagine you can really empathize with. If you come home and you're saying this stuff to somebody and it's not coming from heart and then you're telling yourself you need to do it, but you right. felt disconnected from that truth that day, yeah, it's like, boom, walls hit. Or, or I get sometimes, I've got it from some family members or at, at once in a while from Rainbow. I can't believe that you're saying this and you're a psychotherapist and I'm thinking, <laughs> come on, give me a freaking break, man. I'm a human being. Let, you know, it's like there's certain expectations of me that I'm supposed to handle a conflict a certain way. Or, you know, I know that recently I really let some anger out at somebody and I'm sure they're thinking, oh my God, you know, he shouldn't be doing it. It's like, I, I want to be able to do that in my personal life too. But I got to watch that aspect of being able to be congruent in some of the ways that I'm showing up. That's, that's so important. Yeah. Which is like a beautiful, this one's flowing well. It's a beautiful segue to the second point of burden, right? So as you were speaking, it is a privilege, it sounds like, to come home to Rainbow. It doesn't mm -hmm. sound like she needs that much from you. So mm -hmm. when you show up from that place, like I think about when I'm serving a stranger and I do something delightful for a stranger, that stranger had no expectation. I chose to respond, my heart wanted to give, and I honored that, right? But if I come home and I feel like I have to give, man, that cuts all the joy out of it, right? right. If I come home and I feel that I have to be gracious and that like, that just disconnects us from that truth, it's saying like, oh, I need to go to the head here and, and do something other than what I am. Right. I think that's where you hit it spot on, like the burden piece comes in. So then somebody says, well, people, you can't express anger, like look at your career. And you're like, that is an obligation, that is a burden you're placing on me to, to actually not be with what is alive right now, right. you know? Yeah. And so how do we then, I think, and this is just selfishly, but how do I like remove that burden with Alexa? Because Alexa is very similar to Rainbow in that like, she's got a strong sense of self. She does not need much from me, right? Mm -hmm. She just like needs me to be a, a kind, loving partner generally, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not that much. She doesn't come home and like, honey, I missed you. There's all these things and just like, I need you. I'm not, I need to suck energy from you to fill some void for me. She's like, good to see you. Mm -hmm. Here's a kiss, right? Yeah. But for some reason in my head, I'm in this narrative that I'm supposed to be generous or supposed to be gracious. 
And that takes away the intrinsic desire to do that. You know, we had right. a really silly isn't fair because it, it, is, it is what it was, but had like an hour and a half conversation recently about who was taking the car somewhere over a weekend. And I was like, this is the least generous I have been all year. I cannot remember being less generous with anybody else. Why am I being so ungenerous with her? You know? Yeah. And I think maybe because in my mind, I was like, oh, I have to be generous here, you know, instead of the choice of, wait a second, I love her to death. This makes her life a lot better. I want to do this. You know, I didn't let myself get there. Right. I came in and was like, I need to be generous. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that obligation and that burden, that expectation is a big one. And I also think that we, through the years, have made this, not so much an agreement, but it's been our experience that if we catch it faster... And if I catch myself and just say, hey, honey, I am so sorry I just gave you that energy. You just, you don't deserve that. And just without going into a big process about it and really talking and defending and explaining, blah, blah, but just really like Nana, like, wow, I just gave you some really funky energy. And if she can receive it and just go, yeah, mm, that hurt. Thank you so much for realizing it. And boom, come back in connection. Then I know that I could I could be myself in those moments, mm. but come back in that awareness. Mm. And some of that awareness, Thomas, and I've said this throughout many podcasts, and I utilize the friend of death. You know, we've had it in our life, you know, a baby dying in birth and so forth. So it's come up in us. And I think that that's when you make some relational friendship with this mm. experience that all of us are gonna have then it brings more aliveness. So there are times where I I recognize that one of us could not be here tomorrow. Do I wanna continue down this path of ungraciousness? Do I wanna just not have some containment of filtering in the focus of how I wanna be and how I wanna show up if this is gonna be our last day together? So it doesn't feel like an obligation or burden to do that. It actually feels like, ah, yeah, that's a that's an extra push to be able to just be kind, caring, cherishing to another level that it doesn't have to be grandiose. It really comes from, from the heart more. It's like just a, a real sweetness that comes from that, even in the sweetness of my own grief of not being myself. Because a part of me is, part of me is, is, is dead, right? A part of me of that giving and that generosity is not showing up, so it's dead in some way. You know, can I make friends with, with that in a moment and be able to shift shift that? So I think that being able to recognize, forgive ourselves in that way, letting ourselves off the hook, because if I have more shame about not showing up the way that I want to, it's, it's gonna be about me. Shame is, it's gonna be, the pain is gonna be about me. I'm not gonna have guilt about changing my behavior so that I'll show up differently. So I've gotta be able to really watch the shame that's coming up about me not giving or be the way that that, that I want to be. The other part that I think is so important is, you know, the self-appreciation of all the times that I have shown up so much Mm -hmm. and remember the efficacy of who I am and how I can be and so that I see myself that way more and that the other part is an anomaly yeah. and that that's just part of my spiritual practice. Yeah. So <laughs> that being a spiritual practice that, yeah, I show up with my partner sometimes because of fairness or something that maybe I'm not receiving enough or maybe I'm not having enough sexual intimacy the way that I want, so I'm having uh, this outburst that come out that I'm not gonna show you my best self yeah. and so forth. I think that you know having our 
self-appreciation and self-compassion for ourselves is so vital in that way. Gosh, so, so much goodness there. It makes me think of those moments. Sometimes I'm like, oh, the world sees me as this. But like, oh no, if they knew how I, how I was with Alexa, like that'd be scary, you know? It doesn't meet the story. And that is true sometimes. Like one in 30 times, I'm really ungracious with her. And like you said, what about the 29 other ones, right? Mm -hmm. And what if in those moments I tuned into like, just again, that story of, well, what if people saw this, right? And it's not about what people are seeing. It's that, are we like running a narrative that we are good or that we are bad, right? Like, are we bad and we're having to be good or is good our innate quality? And sometimes some shit comes in because there's energetics and we're human and we can be overwhelmed, you know? And tuning into that good is like, that's it. All the moments where I'm like, yeah, this is who I am, you know? And yeah, we're so much more averse to the negative. And so it weighs so much more on us. And you talk about that in the appreciation, the 20 to one or five to one, right? Mm -hmm. But tuning into all those times that you are helps reinforce that. Um, and then maybe the shame isn't so strong the next time it arises. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think it is as strong because we're not giving it focus. And the more that we give something focus, whether it's good or bad, it's going to just expand in our life. So we don't have to. And that self-compassion is so vital. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're human beings and and so many other people are having these challenges of showing up the way that, that we want to show up. But I think in from a relational standpoint, because... I like to talk about relationally, right. you know, there's, there's clarity, there's truth, there's, I'm going to speak my truth, but then there's, how do we, how, how are we corresponding relationally? So when, like I said before, when one of us says, Hey honey, I am so sorry I gave you that energy. It's really good if the other person doesn't throw another boom, boomerang dart and mm -hmm. go, yeah, I hate when you do that. You always do that. And back, I'm, it's not going to make me want to <laughs> own my shit more. Right. If she's able to say, yeah, yeah, that didn't feel good, but thank you so much, and we can come back together, mm -hmm. then that lets me know I can do, I can have those moments, and when it's not gonna create a lot of disconnection between us. So I think relationally, it's really good, you know, just like when one partner apologizes, a really good apology, accept a freaking apology. Doesn't mean you have to forgive them, but totally accept it. That means that you're accepting their efforts and they're going to do that again. If you don't accept it, why in the hell do they want to keep doing it? So I think like when we catch ourselves, it's so important that the partner on the receiving end acknowledges, you caught yourself, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's hard and it's challenging that you brought that energy in. I'd prefer that you don't, but good catch. That's going to reinforce that relationally with each other. Yeah, it's like the thing that actually hurts the worst is when I admit a fault and it's not seen. That's right. That hurts worse than like the fault being seen in the first place. When I say, you know, I'm really sorry. You don't deserve that. That was totally not from a good place. And the response is, yeah, yeah it's not fucking fair. You know, that like that it cuts so much deeper because you're like, wait, I'm, I'm exposing myself. I've exactly. let down the story. I've let down the shield. Like, and see me in that, right? See me mm. as this like hurt child right now that's asking for forgiveness and right. love, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's going to happen. And the... The challenge is that is to come back when both are available to, to do it again. Mm -hmm. There are times we played with the acting, clapping thing, take two, you know, where sometimes we literally just did that. We would have a little back and forth going and one of us would just, you know, put their hands out, do the clap and go take two. And we would just not hesitate and we'd try it again, you know, because and, and actors, they probably go, well, wait a second, I want to talk about how we fucked up the last part. And they just 
do it again, right? right? Try it again. And if you can do that with creating more connection the next time, then you can talk about what the challenges were before. You want to get the connection. You want to try to get connection so that you could talk about the challenging parts. And that's kind of a relational agreement in some way. But it might not be at that moment when I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm sorry, and it's not received. It's like, that hurts. But I can do that again. I can try that again when when they're available. But it is really exposing and really vulnerable. And I think there is a part of like, you know, is it laziness in some way, I think to myself? Am I, am I being lazy? Like, would I, would I show up that way with somebody that was paying me? Would I show up with, if I just saw a friend or having that meeting, I kind of come a little bit emotionally prepared. Again, that's why the intention is important to be emotionally prepared when we're with our partner. It doesn't mean that I gloss over who I am. I just might mean, you know what? Honey, I really want to show up right now. I, I don't have a lot. I am so sorry. I'm in a really shitty mood. You don't deserve to get probably what I'm giving you, but I want to give something else. I can even say that with intention, but not actually be that right. at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a beautiful paradox because in some ways we have the space to be more of ourselves than anywhere in these relationships, right? And we're also trying on the things that do and don't work. And so it's, I think our innate quality is good and graciousness and love. And then the stories get in the way. So it's such a field for so much beauty to come out for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I feel like I also just got a completely free therapy session. So nah. <laughs> I feel a lot of gratitude. <laughs> it was just us rapping and, and going through. <laughs> I, I don't do therapy with friends, man. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. Throw it on a podcast and it suddenly does not become therapy that, with friends. Right. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, it's a great question. And I'm glad that you asked it. And uh, it's good to elaborate on stuff like this. Yeah, and there might be a future thread too of there's something directly tied to me here for generosity because I'm talking about it so much. You know, it's hey, not the other value. You're, you're exploring generosity, so right. that's the beauty thing of like right. you're not done. I mean, yeah. I, I love that I heard it one time that you know people don't get done, only stakes get done. <laughs> you know, you're 25 years old, you got a whole life yeah. of generosity to really understand it. So you're experimenting and exploring how that's showing up in your life, and it's great that you're recognizing. There's an area at times that you're recognizing you're not showing up the way that you want to and play with the aspects of shame and guilt and all kinds of things to be able to give yourself the opportunity to transform. Yeah. So good on you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's a journey. Cool. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Relationships. Let's talk about it is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by Oxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today faster and easier. Try it for free at oxbus.com. That's A-U-X-B-U-S dot com. Oxbus. Oxbus.